Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Stu Manowith on the line. Stu, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks, Michael. Good to see you. Likewise, likewise. Really looking forward to this conversation. And as we talked briefly in the in the pre-show, you do a lot of great work in the nonprofit sector from a software aspect, and you've done it for quite some time. So why don't you share a little bit about you with the audience, and then we'll dive into the conversation. Oh, great. Thank you so much. So I have been now at Omatic Software for uh, a little more than six years in a thought leadership and customer advocacy role. Uh, I've spent my entire 30 plus years in as a nonprofit professional, but I moved over to the technology side about 20 years ago. I worked for a company called Blackboard for 13 years. And then for the last six, I've been at Omatic. Blackboard develops um, CRM and fundraising and nonprofit accounting software. And Omatic, which I'll talk about in just a moment, is a data integration software uh, developer. And we build solutions that tie tie technology systems together, especially those that organizations use to collect and manage data. And I'd like to talk about the importance of data as we chat. Um, Before that, the first, uh, I guess, uh, almost half of my career, I was actually a fundraiser. I worked for a large medical center as the director of annual giving. And so I worked with a lot of data in terms of um, building uh, fundraising projects and fundraising programs that leverage data. And I also, I started my career actually in the arts and cultural sector. I worked at the Repertory Theater of St. Louis producing children's theater, but that got me into the world of fundraising and development because we had to raise money in order to uh, produce the shows that we wanted to uh, produce. So I've had kind of a varied career, but it's always been in service of the nonprofit sector. And like I said, for the last 19 or 20 years, focusing on the technology side. I find that having a diverse career with different experiences always makes the next you know, role even better because you're bringing so many different perspectives in a situation. So you can actually see things through different lenses where many people that have been very singular in their career path and really didn't venture off too much from the road, um, you know, they've got their viewpoint just based on their experiences. But again, with, with the work that you've done and obviously a nonprofit, but, you know, from a variety of different flavors on that, it definitely makes a big difference. And, and some of the things you see and, and how you can understand customers' needs and, and the challenges that they face. Yeah, well, absolutely. And both at both at Blackboard and now at Omatic, we work across what all the different subsectors of the nonprofit sector. So education, healthcare, food banks, faith-based, arts and cultural, environmental, uh, animal welfare, uh, foundations. So we do see it all. We see what organizations have in common. We see what where they diverge, and we we work to make sure that they that they can just that they can deliver their mission as effectively as possible. And the data is what's critical because if you have good data and you know what to look for, that's when you can really grow your business. So let's dive into that part of the conversation. It's a great segue and I appreciate it. So when I worked in as a fundraiser, we had one database. We had a single system 
and and that was that was all we had. And now, if you fast forward twenty years later, organizations they still have their main their main CRM or their main system of record, but they are using the best platforms that for them to engage with their supporters and their constituents. And so they may be using something for events, something for email, something different for online donations, and something different again for um, newsletters or event registrations, already said events, or um, or peer-to-peer fundraising, which are those uh, fundraising events that were um, there are walks or rides or runs that people raise money from their their peer to peer network. What we see is that nonprofits tend to use various different platforms that help them engage with their supporters most effectively, but that they have they find themselves with multiple different data repositories. All these different systems collect and maintain data, and if they're not careful, there's no one place where they know everything about everybody, or it takes. A tremendous amount of time to move that data in back and forth into the main system. And you know, you talk about burnout. It can be for for database professionals. It can be a real burnout experience to be working with. On the we have we we surveyed our customer base, and we found that organizations are using at least and at least four systems other than their main database, and sometimes as many as eight or nine. That that's one end of the spectrum, but people are using four or five different systems and it's it's laborious and uh, error prone to be moving data back and forth. And so what we've done is we've built uh, a solution, uh, a, um, a software as a service solution that allows organizations to automate all of that data exchange so that the data in their main database is as current as possible and also as clean as possible. And the automation aspect prevents errors and duplicates and um, uh, misspellings and all of those things that you don't want your supporters to think that you're not handling their data as effectively as possible. If they, if, if a supporter thinks that you are sloppy with their data, they may think that you're sloppy with their funding and with their support. And so it becomes, it could become a vicious cycle if, if, if we're not careful. Yeah, gone should be. And I know they're not. And I'm sure you see in these examples where someone will take some information from one system, export it into an Excel spreadsheet and somehow try to map up with the other things. And it just turns into a big mess because the columns and the tables don't line up and they sorted it wrong. So you're on the phone with a potential donor and you're asking them about a particular situation. It's like, that's not me. And you do that. Like, you know, if you got a bank of people calling all of a sudden you in the last hour, you've just insulted, you know, 30 or 40 donors or however many people you called and you're like, what's going on? It's like, oh, the spreadsheet's messed up. And then, and then it's, it's just an absolute nightmare. And it, it, it costs a lot to do things once. It costs a lo- even more to do things twice. So- it, it, right, right. It, it, well, you, it, it costs in, in dollars, but it also costs in reputation. And in, you know, if, if I can be blunt in ticking off donors or supporters that that didn't need that where that didn't need to where that didn't need to happen at all. Um, we see so I re, just you talk about spreadsheets. I read a statistic recently, just last week, in preparing for uh, a webinar that we're doing. Eighty-eight percent of spreadsheets have errors. 
And even if it's just, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Um, and even if it's just one cell that's wrong, it has a ripple effect on everything that is that could be based on that cell in that one spreadsheet, which means a lot of erroneous data. And then the other thing that you talked about that we see all the time is the hours that it takes um, database professionals to manipulate a spread. They export data into a spreadsheet, and then it takes them a day to manipulate the columns and manipulate the, the, the fields and to add the information that's needed so that it can be effectively imported into the other system. And then you still get exceptions and you still get errors. And what we do is we minimize that and we automate it. We minimize the or we really try to eliminate all of that massaging of data, all of that manipulation, and automate the process of getting the data from the source to the destination with it taking less time, it preventing it preventing duplicates along the way so you don't have two Michael Levitts that really should be one in the system. Um, it, it, such an, here's a, just an easy example. You are a longtime donor to... San Diego Children's Choir, I'm making it up. You give them money every year. You come to their events. You make an online donation, and inadvertently, it happens all the time, you mistype your email address. So here, here's the, 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 um, the ripple effect. So one is the system doesn't recognize the email address, so it creates a duplicate, a wrong, incorrect duplicate record for you. Second, it posts your gift to that duplicate record so that your real record doesn't have the, isn't attributed, your, your giving isn't attributed to your real record. You get an email receipt, but it bounces back because it's not a real email address. And, and your, your, your value to the organization then has been understated and, and inadvertently replicated. And by the someone, by the time someone comes along and fixes and finds that error and fixes it, the damage could already be done. And I mean, that's, that's just like a minor thing that happens. Imagine that happening over and over again, or some or with a, with a major donor or, or any of these uh, manifestations. I'll give a real life example of a spreadsheet issue that happened with me many, many years ago, working for a nonprofit. And we were working with, we were a national office for a particular industry and we had satellite locations that were ran separately, separate legal entities. And we were revamping our national funding budget. And it was a pretty big revision from what had been done in the past. It was to be a little bit more fair and equitable uh, to situations. And I put the spreadsheet together, did all that stuff. And there was a formula that didn't work out right. And it it had a wrong number in it, which it was a significant six-figure um, miscalculation. Mm. And thankfully, you know, one of the um, institutes um, had caught it and brought it to the attention of my boss. And that's why I still stand up doing these interviews because I can't sit down anymore. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, I healed from that a long time ago. But believe me, you know, it's, you know, working with spreadsheets and all of that, it was, it's like, I look at it and I go, okay, let me pull out a calculator. Okay. Let me pull out a pen and paper. Let me, and it was like, you just all of a sudden you lose trust in the spreadsheets so that, you know, 80 something percent of spreadsheets are wrong. Um, I get it. And again, that's, 
you know, not just from, you know, having wrong donor information, but just having, you know, calculations on your budget or funding opportunities or cost of things could have a, just a gigantic impact to your organization if you don't catch it before it gets right. too late. You're absolutely right. And you brought up something that's really an important point and that a lot of people in the nonprofit sector feel, but they don't think about. And that is this matter, this matter of trust. Obviously, you want your external stakeholders, donors, board members, executives, grantors, the government to, to, tr- to trust your, the information that you, um, you provide. But when data is um, suspect internally, then it's the internal team who doesn't trust what's in the main systems. And we've seen they start keeping shadow systems. And then the cycle begins again because then the main system that everyone is supposed to trust is no longer complete and it's no longer current and up to date. And so if we can if we can help organizations manage data in such a way that trust is evident internally and that all of the people that need to use the data trust that it's accurate, then that just makes things better internally. People aren't keeping information on their own spreadsheets or on yellow legal pads. Um, and everyone and, and the investment that the executives have made in technology can be really leveraged. And so that, that trust works on the inside as well as on the outside. Giving another example of a shadow system organization that I help out, um, they have a, a work order system. They use the CRM and all of that. And uh, the individual that was basically tasked with running that before they left the organization more or less did everything in their shadow system and really never kept the main system up to date. So when that person left and a new party took over to deal with that, you know, they're looking at the information and the work orders and things weren't lining up at all. And they realized that everything was being documented and updated in the shadow system, but not on the main in system, the main system, which, you know, was, is used for budgeting, which is used for forecasting on workloads and, you know, staffing and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, it, it took, you know, quite a long time to, quite frankly, and they had to manually clean up the main system to get it to be, uh, at this point, hopefully as accurate as it's going to be uh, to flush those things out. So it's like, here's a system, organizations paying for it, licensing fee, annual support, all of that kind of stuff. And there was still this shadow system being used because they didn't feel like they wanted to use it, which is, and they did enough to you know make it look like they were doing it, but in, in all honesty, they really weren't. Right. And so, and so the information that people count on isn't there and the investment that you've made, the, the technology investment you made is, is not, is not returning the ROI that everyone hoped for or everyone envisioned. Right. So when an organization works with your team and they come to you with their nine databases and, <laughs> yeah, right. and all that stuff, my hunch I could be wrong, is that there are some situations where once they 
you know, roll out with your system, they start recognizing that they may not need to use all nine of those anymore. And there's ways that they can leverage the others. And obviously the way that you put everything together, um, that they can kind of scale back the number of databases that they're using, which then reduces the amount of time that they have to do work, quite frankly. So, so we have seen that, but we've actually also seen the opposite in which organizations now feel free to choose whatever systems they need because they know they have a uh, solid integration strategy and a solid integration solution. And so it really does provide, in some cases, it provides freedom to use more systems. And there are more and more uh, point systems or very specific systems that organizations are engaging for, say, crowdfunding or for um, certain kind of events or or, or auctions or all the various ways that either organizations do fundraising or engage with uh, supporters or program participants. It it provides um, a level of uh, freedom. It also gives organizations freedom to switch systems if they don't like if, if they feel tied to something that that maybe hasn't been working so well, uh, I'll, I'll use uh, event management for example. Uh, and we, we're in in terms of choosing or uh, organi- uh, uh, software selection. We're pretty agnostic. We're kind of like Switzerland. We don't really care what you use as long as it's working for you. But organizations have often felt tied to systems that weren't working for them. And with solid integration, they have the freedom to leave those behind and use something that they like better or that engages with their supporters better because they're now not worried about getting the data from point A to point B. It's it's a great example because we know that, and you, you see, I'm sure, you know, there's these systems that have everything. You know, many, many, many years ago, I worked uh, for an organization that had waste software. So for landfills and garbage haulers and all of that kind of stuff. And their customers would ask for, you know, it'd be great if you had, you know, built-in accounting system in this and and all that. So they they, they threw together something that was uh, what I like to call crap 1.0. And it was, it was lousy. And my, me being originally a, an accountant, it was like, I didn't like using it. So there's a lot of people say, you know, we're going to end up using it because it's built into this one program that we just want to use, but it's garbage and doesn't give them the reports. So they got to export it to an Excel spreadsheet, have the bookkeeper throw in the other stuff, compare the, you know, the template from the budget that isn't able to be entered in this system for some reason. So the fact that your solution says, you know what, you can go out and you can start working with the best of both worlds. It's like, right. It's like, it's it's like, you know, ordering, you know, food from restaurants. Okay. There's the restaurants that specialize in one thing and there's a family restaurant that has, you know, 18 page menu. There are, there's pluses and minuses to both, but sometimes like, you know, I really want a great whatever. And you're going to go to that restaurant that specializes in that. And it's going to be good. It's the same thing with, with software programs. Like for us, for event planning, this one is the best, but we have to use this other one as well for keeping track of, you know, whatever we're doing. And your system is going to say, okay, we're going to get them to talk to each other 
behind the scenes, basically, where you don't have to focus on that and you can focus on doing your job of being an event planner or right. managing events, whatever the case may be. Right, right. It, 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 absolutely. We want, we, we want to give organizations the, the, the freedom to use the systems they need. And you brought up a point that, um, uh, that again, um, OMATIC does pretty well, and that is for organizations that we also uh, – we use our solution for posting to general ledgers. So to, to your point, very few organizations have all in any more have all in one systems where the revenue revenue, whether it's fundraising or whether it's program revenue or fees for services or what have you are the same system as the, the financial system. And we have saved hundreds of organizations, both time and error correction by generating files that they can post directly to their GL in the format that that's exactly perfect for them, whether it's QuickBooks or anything that is um, peculiar to a particular subsector in the nonprofit world. There are, there are different accounting systems that, that food banks use or that hospitals use or foundations use. Um, and what it, it does is it not only saves labor in terms of the data king and all that, but it also saves on reconciliation because every things you can you can you can tie back whenever you need to because the the integration validates that reconciliation on the at every step of the way, and so we are we're really really very proud of that. You should be, and you have an amazing solution that's helping nonprofits focus their time on serving their constituents and their communities and doing the great work they're doing and not having to spend all of their time in, in front of a computer screen trying to navigate through the system. So, Stu, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you do? Yeah, thanks so much, Michael. I've enjoyed being here. So, Omatic Software, our website is omaticsoftware.com, O-M-A-T-I-C software.com. You can reach us at the website. You can email us at info at omaticsoftware.com. Uh, you can find us on all the social media sites, uh, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. Um, my name is Stu Manowith. If anyone wants to reach out to me, S-T-U dot M-A-N-E-W-I-T-H at omaticsoftware.com. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So thank you again, Stu, for all this amazing work and making things easier for nonprofits, which, you know, they serve so many different people and needs uh, across the globe. So you're playing a big part in, in making it better for them. Thanks a million. Thanks so much, Michael. So happy to be here. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.